Akinyemi to seal promotion for Dulwich. Referee's ready. Akinyemi's ready. Yeah! Dulwich are promoted! Dulwich are in the National League South for the first time in their history! Can you believe it? Akinyemi's the hero! Dulwich are up! Nice of all the teams went out and played like swaggering dandies as the Hamlet do. An absolute humdinger from about 25 yards. Get it. Swaggering dandies. An absolute humdinger. Swaggering dandies. Hello and welcome to Forward the Hamlet. My name is Ben Sibley. It has been quite some time. I am joined as ever, I am very happy to say, by Mr. Hugo Greenhouse. Hello, Hugo. Hello, mate. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are things? Not too bad at all. Um, it's great to, great to be speaking to you again. Um, it has been a little while uh, since you've heard our voices together as one on the pod but um don't call it a comeback we never really went away (laughs) well technically you did because you went to new york i literally went away for a year (laughs) and a half and abandoned you but i'm back i've been back since january you might have seen me if you've uh, you've been at any college games um but yeah we're we're here and we're back with uh series five we we worked out of a forward hammer yeah, what is it? Season four, series... No, season season five, year four. I can't remember. Something like that. So yeah, something like that, yeah. That'll do. Um, it is a new season, Hugo, hence the new podcast. Exactly. How, how is the new season making you feel? We are now in the Conference South, the highest level that Dulwich have ever been in their history. Um, what are your thoughts on on promotion, on how the end of last season finished, on the run-up to the beginning of this new season. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I mean, I think we, we, we have to kick off the pod by talking a little bit about the uh, the conclusion to one of the most remarkable seasons that English football has ever witnessed. And I don't think it's hyperbolic to, to frame it in those terms. You know, a club with blossoming crowds, playing some of the best non football you'll see, gets uh, cruelly kicked out of its, uh, its ground in, in horrible circumstances. The community rally, the club finds a new home at its rivals, ground down in Tilling and Mitcham, and uh, goes on to win promotion in the most dramatic fashion possible. It's, uh, it was incredibly special, wasn't it? Yeah, um... I mean, the semi-final, the playoff semi-final against... I, still to this day, I cannot pronounce it correctly. Is it Leiston? Is it Leiston? I get corrected by the official club photographer, Duncan Palmer, every time I say it, and I still can't remember. I'm going to go with... Uh, Leiston. And, no, it's Leiston. It is Leiston. So that playoff semi-final, Ash Carew free kick, uh, unsurprisingly. So we got through. And then the, the day of the final... Um, baking hot sunshine and I remember standing behind the goal about an hour and a half before kickoff with some of the old crew um, having a few beers soaking up the pre-match atmosphere playing some football behind the goal with some kids 
And I swear for about half an hour, every 10 minutes, I'd look to my left down towards the jerk chicken stand and another old school Dulwich fan would be walking towards us with their arms wide open. Um, you know, pe pe people who have moved away and lived in other parts of the world and have barely been in touch because they've been getting on with their lives just randomly turned up for that game. There was, there was G-Man flew back from Lima in Peru. Uh, there was John who came back from, I think he's in Auckland in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, and it, and th that start to the day just I'm kind of... Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Grotty, Grotty, Grotty came back from Hamburg, and it and it was the beginning of a of a day which I will never forget. Um, and and it, in many ways, it was a classic Dulwich game, wasn't it? I mean, we were playing well. Uh, we went one 0 down in the first half, and it was one 0 at half time. And after two playoff finals in in consecutive seasons losing them, you know, you think the worst. And then twenty minutes into the second half, Gavin Tomlin grabs equaliser. And then from that, I mean, I swear, from that moment on, and this is this song has now go, gone down in Hamlet folklore, really, and it will continue to be sung on the terraces for years to come, and it already has been sung this season as well. I swear, as soon as that Gavin Tomlin goal went in, about five minutes afterwards, we started singing, Ale, 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 we are Dalit Hamlet, and we follow Gavin Rose. Repeat. And it went on and on and on, and the game finished 1-1, and the song continued into extra time, throughout extra time. Um, I remember at one point, you know, looking around in the baking hot sunshine still, everyone's had a few beers, it's getting pretty raucous, there's people of all ages, men, women, children, just a sea of pink and blue, and that song going, and it was just... You know, you know, it, it, it probably sounds like a bit of a cliche, but you, it's one of those moments where you look at it and think, I will never forget this. And then, uh, go on. It really was, wasn't it? It was, it was unforgettable. And, yeah, I was just speechless even thinking about it. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then as soon as the penalties were, it was decided they'd be taken at the end where all the Dulwich fans were. Um, even though we didn't want to, want to admit it, I think we all knew that, we would win. And then um, Dippo buried the penalty, pitch invasion, so many videos of that pitch invasion. I think I've watched videos of that pitch invasion well over a hundred times. Um, I can still see them in my head so vividly now. Um, and the, the celebrations on the pitch afterwards, lifting the tiniest trophy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> okay. Who, who was it who lifted it? Was it Kenny Beanie or Weathers or both of them? Okay. Yeah, they both lifted it together. <laughs> it was almost I'd as small as the ashes, Aaron. I'd rather, rather sun-kissed uh, Weathers, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lifted it along with Beanie. Yeah. And then, um, and then, of course, it was all back to Goose Green and Promotion Roundabout. Um, for those of you, I imagine there won't be many of you who don't know about this, but the Roundabout... Um, in front of the East Dulwich Tavern, uh, right by Goose Green. Um, for weeks leading up to the playoff final, it was wrapped in pink and blue, what I can only describe as foil, really. And um, as soon as the celebrations at the K&K Stadium in Tooting had started to die down a little bit, some of the Dulwich players were asking the fans, right, where's the party at? Where are we going? And... Uh, as, as it kind of caught on, more and more people were saying, right, come on, back to Goose Green. And um, 
I remember getting getting in a taxi and getting back to Goose Green at about eight o'clock and we got off on the road that leads up to Lordship Lane. I can't remember the name of it. But before I even turned the corner, I could hear people singing. And then as I turned the corner, the roundabout is covered in people. There's pink and blue smoke bombs, pink and blue flags. There's people standing in the street drinking beers. There's players stopping cars. Um, and that party went on until about two o'clock in the morning. And again, the amount of videos of that night of Nyron dancing in the middle of the road, of, of Junior Caddy speeding around the roundabout in his Mercedes with his window down, singing songs and blaring his horn. <laughs> it like it, As I'm explaining it and like recapping it, I actually can't really believe it happened. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was just a proper carnival atmosphere, wasn't it? I, I was actually... Um looking through some tweets from from that weekend uh just just this week gone and uh there's a great one from Preston Edwards where I think the tweet says this was my favorite part of the night and it's this video of a uh what I think turned out to be an undercover police car (laughs) that pulls up to to, the promotion roundabout the players and the fans managed to all stop it and he suddenly just like puts his siren on and everyone just jumps up and throws beer and starts <laughs> shouting and chanting and oh, it was just it was it was a mad night, as well a night as you could have wished for. But I just think it was so um it was so incredible that we we took this party back. We you know, we made two in our own in the in the in the in the run up to that final. We had to. And we, we we may have won it there, but we took we took it back. We took it back to where we're from, which is East Dulwich. And it was very moving actually to be back on on the tip of Goose Green where the the rally and the march to save the HFC had started um, back a few months ago. So it was uh, it was nice to see it through uh, through you know rose tinted, slightly beery goggles spectacles uh, this time around. Yeah, totally. That's a really that's a really uh, good point, actually. The fact that you know, only a couple of months beforehand, there'd been you know a thousand people or more gathering on Goose Green in a rally to show their support for the future of the club, and then, as you say, mere mere weeks later, um, the atmosphere had totally changed, and and we had a night that we will never forget. Um, so that's last season. I feel like line drawn, amazing, incredible looking forward to this season and actually in the build-up to this season we should probably mention Hamburg just quickly and so the pre-season trip that um, hundreds of Dulwich fans undertook to celebrate the 125th anniversary of the founding of Dulwich Hamlet and its sister club I'm going to call it a sister club in uh, in Hamburg Germany Altona Altona 93 Um, over the last couple of years Dulwich fans uh, have been raising money had been raising money to take the first team squad over to Germany for a two-game tour. Um, and it happened. The money was raised. Uh, the team flew out, and the management team, obviously. And uh, I think maybe 200 fans, maybe more. I'm not really sure on the final amount. Um, I went. Uh, it was an incredible weekend, uh, full of celebration. The Altona guys always such good hosts. They always make you feel so welcome, so at home. There's just a constant supply of beer, um, no matter where you are. Um, and, it, and you know, it was your first time in, in Hammer with Alton, wasn't it? What, 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 yeah, what, did, you, what, did, what did you make of it? Um, I mean, it was, it was a 
think um, Hamburg is a fantastic city. I, I would recommend it um, in and of itself. I think there's a lot going on. But just being there as a Dulwich fan to, to celebrate something that's so unique with, uh, with a, a club from another country was just a fantastic reminder about how football can, can bring people together, as, as cliched as it sounds. But to come over and just, just be welcomed so easily by people who just knew us for being Dulwich fans and nothing more. And that is just so refreshing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, it was just, it was just a weekend of celebration really, wasn't it? The, I would say it, you could possibly admit that we blew our load a bit on the first game. Um, <laughs> a, a Friday evening game that involved a beach party and then two ferry rides to get to, um, May have first in rather good spirits, and um, <laughs> the game itself was a bit of a blur. But, uh, and the kick around afterwards uh, on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, uh, this was against HFC Falca. We should we should add who uh, are a sort of splinter club from uh, HFC Hamburg. Yeah. Um, but yeah, about the game itself, Dulwich won that one. Four two was it in the end? Yeah, it was four two. Same score as the. Um, the second friendly against Altona on the Sunday. So we won both games 4-2. Um, it's hard to tell the quality of the teams you're facing when you're playing abroad, I suppose. But um, it was good to see the new signings uh, play, get the kit on. And um, there's a moment um, from the Falca game or just after the Falca game that I love. I can't remember if it's you that told me. Someone told me that um, Anthony Cook, Cookie, um, the summer's big signing, he... Uh, Apparently he went up to Caddy after the, that first friendly and he turned to Caddy and said, um, Wait, mate, these, these Dulwich fans are they're fucking crazy, aren't they? <laughs> and, and Caddy kind of turned to him and said, yeah, yeah, I suppose we're kind of used to it now. Um, and I suppose, you know, for them playing abroad um, in front of a couple of hundred Dulwich fans and there's smoke bombs everywhere and singing and a few drums, I suppose, it's quite a shock. Um, so it was probably quite a, an interesting spectacle for him. Um and then my, there's another, I've got another favourite player anecdote from the weekend. So on the Friday night, uh, the Dulwich players went out after that first friendly. I think uh, some of them might have frequented the Reaper Barn, although we won't, we won't give any names. Um, but one name I will give is uh, a certain Ashley Carew, who apparently on the Saturday uh, was rather worse for wear and ended up uh, training in sunglasses because <laughs> he because he couldn't take the sunshine. And then I uh, I asked him about this on uh, on Sunday and uh, I got a I got a smirk and a and a no comment. So I think they probably had quite an enjoyable weekend in Hamburg. <laughs> yeah, well, it was uh, it was richly deserved. I think um, it it's not every summer that uh, a non-league club gets to do their their preseason training in a, in a different country, um, let alone a city like Hamburg. So I think it must have been quite a novel experience for a lot of them. And um, I think, you know, I, personally, I have no issue with them letting their hair down after, uh, after such a long season, a long stressful season uh, for players who didn't really know what their future was going to hold at one point. So, um, yeah, we're, uh, we'll let them have, it, have a drink a few times a year. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, 
back from Hamburg. There were some preseason games, the usual pre season um, fixture list. I didn't manage to make it to many. I had pretty a uh, quite busy summer, I think, as have you. One game we did make it to was uh, Maidstone, um, and um, <laughs> we won't, won't go into too much detail. But uh, we turned out for the infamous Dulwich Hamlet supporters team in our first game for almost three years, I think, maybe since the last game yeah. against the Maidstone supporters team. Um, we managed to kind of scrambled together a first 11 with no substitutes and it was about 28 degrees uh and safe to say I think Maidstone took it a bit more seriously than we did are we gonna are we gonna mention the score or are we just gonna ask that um if you if you are listening and you support Dulwich Hamlet and you can put one foot in front of the other uh then maybe it would be helpful if you could get in touch and maybe play for the support team It was a lot of fun, and uh, it didn't it didn't dampen our our spirits for the new season, which is uh, which is something we'll come on to in a second after this uh, this short bit of music. An absolute humdinger from about twenty five yards. Get it. So Ben, four games into the new season, from what you've seen so far, are we ready for this division? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I missed the opening game um, against Welling, which you can fill us in on in a minute. Um, but the three games I've seen, so I've seen East Thurrock at home, I've seen Concord at home, and I've seen Chelmsford away. Um, East Thurrock, if, if East Thurrock don't go down this season, I will be hugely shocked. They were worse than, I'd say, 10 or 12 teams in the Ryman Prem last season. Um, they were really bad. Um, we cut them to pieces, particularly in the second half. Um, we cut them to pieces every three minutes. I remember, I vividly remember us having a chance on goal, a clear chance on goal, at least every three or five minutes in that second half. Um, the first half was a very Dulwich first half. Um, we played well and with a better team on the ball, making chances, missing chances. And then one mistake from a new signing, Danny Papo, ex-Chelsea Academy centre-back. Um, he let the ball run across him and uh, the historic striker ran in behind, latched onto it and slipped it under Preston Edwards. One mistake, one goal. Um, and that's happened so many times over the last couple of years. Um, but that didn't stop the, the momentum that Dulwich had. Um, and it, we went in at half-time at 0-0. Sorry, at 1-0 to East Thurrock. Uh, and then in the second half, the quality told uh, eventually. <laughs> and by eventually, uh, I mean that um, after we equalised, uh, with about 25 minutes left through Gavin Tomlin, again, similar to the playoff final last season, um, Dippo Akinyemi brought down a long ball, cut inside a defender and lifted it over the keeper, basically with the last kick of the game. Um, and celebrations in the crowd, 
uh, again, it was a moment that I will never forget. Um, a winner for our first three points in the conference out ever. Um, and speaking to all the fans after the game, you know, it wasn't just me and my mates who thought that we were much better than them. I think every single person in the ground saw that we were a, a class above East Thurrock. Um, so it made you question the quality of the league. You know, you think, well, East Thurrock, they didn't struggle particularly badly last season. Um, so, you know, where are we at? Um, and that continued really with the Concord game um, at the weekend. Again, I thought we played well. Um, we were better on the ball. The passing was crisper. The movement was better. We looked more dangerous in one-on-one -on -one situations. Uh, we seemed to be enjoying our football. Um, and then we just didn't bother marking someone from a corner. Uh, and or, I can't remember if it was a corner. It was definitely it was a cross to the back post. There were two players totally unmarked. Um, and one of them, Jack Midson, who is a, a proven goal scorer at this level, um, headed it into Preston's bottom corner. And that was that was 1-0 um, at half-time. And then, again, in the second half, we were the better team. Uh, we had more of the ball. We created some chances, not as many as against East Thurrock. Concord was stronger than East Thurrock. Um, and we couldn't score. Um, so, again, you're questioning the quality of the league. You know, we, we looked better than them but we still lost. So is it that teams in this league aren't necessarily technically better, but they are cleverer, they know how to um, not give away fouls, they know how to win fouls, um, they are much better at game management, they are potentially more physical than us and fitter, but the actual quality and in terms of technical skills and, and possession football, are we, are we still a cut above as we were in the league below? Um, and this brings me on to my main point, I suppose, is that this was all illuminated for me last night at Chelmsford City, where we played a team who, for the past, I think it's for the past six years, maybe seven years, they have finished in the top seven of the Conference South. Um, they are perennial promotion challenges. Um, they made the playoff semi-final last season and they lost narrowly to Hampton and Richmond Borough. Um, they have great pedigree at this level. They are again expected to challenge near the top of the league this season. They are a Conference South club, there's no doubt about it. When you turned up, the bar was, you know, this, this great facility. Um, everything was just on point. They, you know, the setup was just very impressive. You walked into that venue and you knew that we were playing a game away in the league above. Um, and, then, and then four minutes into the game, um, Nyron Clunis, who recently back from an extended trip abroad, uh, so he's missed a few games at the beginning of the season, slot, slotted into his right wing position. Um, and he got the ball 25 yards from goal, took one touch and belted it in the bottom corner. Um, that's four minutes into the game. And you're thinking, there's no way we started that well. Um, what's going to happen here? And then for the, for the 20, 25 minutes after that, Chelmsford really, really turned it on. Um, their passing was some of the best I've seen, probably the best I've seen in this league from an opposition team so far, um, fr from a game that I've seen anyway. Um, they were quicker to the ball, they were more physical, they were cleverer. Every player looked technically better in each position than our players. Um, when they went forward, they would cut us to pieces, they would make a chance on goal. And when they got that chance, they would work Preston Edwards. Um, and for those 20 or 25 minutes, it was, it was a bit eye-opening. Um, and in that period, they scored. Uh, there was a low ball into the box and it was hammered home from about six yards into the roof of the net. Um, but, then, but then something happened again. And 
the quality that Chelmsford showed disappeared. They didn't, they didn't sustain it. And so for the final 10 or 15 minutes of that first half, we were on top again. We were creating chances. We were, we were moving the ball better. We were, we were um, taking more risks. We were showing more confidence. Nairam was getting on the ball. He was committing players. Ash Carew's passing was on point. Dominic Vos was great again. Cardbo was snapping into tackles. Defence was solid. We were clearing our lines. We weren't making any mistakes. Preston was solid whenever he needed to be coming out and clearing balls or keeping the play moving across the defence. And then it was no surprise, really, to me, standing behind the goal, that um, as the half-time whistle was going to go, we got a penalty. Um, and it was debated. It was, it was, it was a hugely debated penalty. Um, a ball came into the box. Jay May laid it across and Naren was running onto it. There are two fouls. Jay May looked like he was brought down. And then Niren, as he was running onto the ball across the box, looked like he was brought down as well. Now, when the ball came from Jay May across to Niren Clunis, there was some debate about whether um, when that ball was played, Niren was offside. Um, I can't exactly remember which of the linesmen and the referee had which view, but there was some discussion between them. And it looked like they were having an argument on the side of the pitch for a good two minutes about what to give. Um, eventually, the referee took control and gave the penalty, much to the disgust of the Chelmsford fans. I haven't heard fans that angry in a long time. Um, and then, as 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 Ashkaru does, you know, he's waited minutes to take this penalty um, with some pretty irate fans behind him. He just stepped up and buried it. And then we go in at half time at one all. Um, sorry, at two one. And. Um, and again, you know, you're walking around the ground to swap ends. And, and again, it's a, it's a conversation that Dulwich fans are having regularly at the moment. Um, what is the quality of the league? Like, how, how are we going to fare? You know, it's only natural that we're going to have these conversations. Uh, and then the second half kicked off and you're expecting, you know, a barrage from Chelmsford. You're expecting their quality to show again. Um, and it just didn't happen. Um, if anything, we were on the front foot. Um there were still moments, of course, with the quality that they have, where Chelmsford attacked us and it was quite hairy and Preston made a couple of quality saves. Um, Chelmsford got a penalty themselves about maybe midway through the second half. Um, we couldn't really make out what happened from our end, um, but we've heard that it was a definite penalty and it was buried um, by Rhys Murphy, ex-Arsenal, for those of you uh, who might remember him. He's played abroad as well. I think he's played in Holland. Um, that was the only thing. Yeah, yeah, Telstar, as if you remember that. Uh, he That was the only thing he did in the game. Um, buried that penalty, and so it was 2-2. And then for the final 20 minutes, honestly, mate, I have, I have rarely seen us play with such conviction going forward, even in the league below. Um, Nyron Dippo, who came on for J-May, um, Ash pulling the strings, Cookie, it was... It was a real joy to watch and it was a joy to watch players who played for us in the leagues below for the last couple of seasons really step up and really start to, you could see it, you could see it. They started to realise that they were as good, if not better than their opponents. And they like you could see the confidence start running through them. And every time we got the ball 20 yards in our own half, we like someone would look up, there'd be a pass on, it would go out wide, we'd beat our man, there'd be a pass inside, it would go into the box and there was a chance and it was either an amazing save, a poor miss or, or a great challenge. Um, we, we, cut, we cut them to pieces at times and it, I was, it was so good to watch. Um, this is a very, very, very 
long-winded way of saying that we are absolutely ready for this level. Um, the game, the, the game, the game finished two-two. We we couldn't finish a few chances that we had. Preston made a couple of amazing saves. Um, Byron Lawrence had a couple of chances after he came on when he replaced Cookie. Dipper had a couple of chances. Nyron flashed a couple wide. So you know, even as I'm listing these, you know, we we should we. I never expected us to have that many chances away at a promotion contender in the conference style. Um, so yeah, I, I'm absolutely of the opinion that we we will do well this season, definitely. And uh, I mean, you, you you went to Welling, didn't you? I, I don't know what your thoughts are about Welling, which is the game that we've not covered. Yeah, I mean, one thing we kept saying over the summer and something which I was saying as I was walking down Welling High Street to the game on the on the first day of the season is that what's going to be nice this year is um, there's no pressure on us, there's no expectation from um, from our own fans or, or pressure from opposition fans and clubs that we're going to win every game because every year in, in the Ryman Prem, um, Ismir Prem I should say, um, we were considered one of the favourites for the playoffs. And I think that obviously brings brings pressure, doesn't it? And now in Conference South, theoretically, there should be no pressure because we come in as a promoted team, as a team that's never competed in this division. And it's about us enjoying it to a certain extent. But I think, and I'll include Welling in this, after, after four games, especially what you're saying after Chelmsford, we're, we're ready and we can we can play with the, the supposed big boys of this of this league. Um, Welling the game itself, um, I thought we actually started the game fairly brightly, created a few chances, lining up with quite a number of players who uh, finished the season with Dulwich, particularly in the sort of attacking line, a kind of a spine of Cogbo and Carew, Ferguson and uh, Dippo up top. The new boys, uh, Cookie and Lawrence, either side. Um, we were creative, and you know, if we weren't getting into the box, we were winning free kicks outside of it. And yeah, we just looked fairly bright. But <clears throat> the flip side of that is that Welling knew exactly what they were doing, and they've obviously played around this around this level for for a while because <clears throat> it's that it's that game game management ways of kind of winning that foul a little bit tactically that they were just good at and um, you, you did sense that they never felt too threatened by the pressure that we were putting on them. Then in the second half, stupidly, uh, Ash was, uh, was booked for second yellow pushing a, um, pushing a Welling player. Dulles ran out to 10, we ended up conceding two including goal scored by another ex-Arsenal player, Jack Jeb, I should, uh, I should add. Um, but it, it was a frustrating conclusion, but I think not too disappointing given the, the circumstances that Welling will be one of the better teams in this league. And it was just a bit of a wake-up call that from that game forward, we knew that you can't be a muck at this level. You can't be naive. You can't. You can't be going and pushing a player when you're on when you're on a yellow already. And Ash will be kicking himself as much as anyone about that. But um, I think, yeah, just to add what you said, I think already after four games, we we can start to look beyond merely 
staying up. And there are six playoff places in this league. Am I right in saying? I think so, yeah. Second to seventh. Second to seventh all go into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, slightly controversial uh, structural change at the time, perhaps. Um, but it does mean that there's a lot to compete for this year and that you can creep into the playoff places by finishing seventh and have a good chance of reaching the playoff final. So are you suggesting um, that we could potentially go for playoff spot? I am going to suggest that on, on the back of what I've seen. Um, I, I don't think it's beyond our reach. And I think what has been encouraging is that the core of the squad is the same. These, these guys have come in and they've shown that, you know, Carew's already been on the score sheet. Myron scored in his first start back um, pretty much with what sounds like his first kick of the game. Um, like, why, why, should, why should we limit ourselves to just wanting to, to stay up? Um, and I think some of the new signings that we're adding look that they can really contribute to. I love that. How I do you feel? How I, do you feel? I, I love that positivity. I love it. Um, I, I felt the same after Chelmsford last night. <laughs> Um, a, a playoff spot, I think, because of because of how streetwise a lot of the teams are going to be in this league. I think towards the end of the season, I think that will start to tell. Um, but 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 I I totally agree with you that um, we can think about more than staying up. Um, yeah, I probably think I probably think comfortable mid table is well within our reach. Um, and 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 you know that is that is a crazy thing to say given. You know, we, we came off as we came off as playoff winners. Um, we didn't come off as champions. And actually, what I was thinking last night was, what what is what is um, different for us this year? Coming up as playoff winners and coming up with the title winners. So the title winners last season were obviously were Billericay. And usually, when a team would come up from the league below, you know, if you if you go up as playoff winners and somebody went up, went up as champions, every week you could still kind of compare your progress with them. Do you know what I mean? So you can. You can kind of gauge on how you're doing by what, looking out for the other promoted side's results and thinking, oh, you know, they they seem to be coping with it. They seem to be settling in or bedding in or whatever. But we we can't do that this season because Billericay have come straight up and they've immediately been installed as title favourites. So yeah. we, we don't really have a yardstick. So it's it's actually more difficult for me anyway personally to judge how we are doing. So the fact that you know, even after what four, four games, I think we've already seen enough that we, we you know, we, we stand a very, very good chance of staying up and, and not having something to compare ourselves to. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure the point I'm making, um, but, but th- th- there's just something about having, I suppose, like the security of being able to compare yourself to someone. And I feel like, you know, or comparing yourself to the team that's come up. But I feel like last night, particularly for me against Chelmsford, kind of gave me that security because... We were playing a team that is that is, you know, for the league of a very very strong side. Um, and you know, towards the end of what you just said, then you mentioned new signings. Um, who 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 out of our new signings are you are you most impressed by? Um, I think there's there's two that stand out for me. Um, I'm going to have to start with my favourite, my boy, 
Anthony Cook. Um, I think <laughs> from um, from the moment that we we announced that signing, I thought, well, like we need business. Like this is a streetwise signing. This is a player with over 250 games at conference up or conference level. He he knows these leagues. He he knows these grounds. You know, he was at Chelmsford. Am I right in thinking? Yeah. Pretty recently, like he he's a very good player. Um, not just in his own right, but as someone who's experienced at at, at this level. And I think it it really kind of laid down the gauntlet to say, you know, we might we might not be playing at Champion Hill, um, but we're not going to let that stop us. We're going to press on. This is a solidifying signing. And I think it's uh, it's a typical Dulwich signing too, isn't it? It's uh, it's a player that, that Gab knows, um, who is a self-professed Dulwich fan, a local boy, and I think from from day one he's just set out to to let the fans know what this means to him to be playing for the club, and that he's just going to embrace it and enjoy it, and. In the first few games so far, I don't think he's been fully fit. He didn't play in Germany. He got some minutes against Maidstone, am I right in saying? Yeah. Yeah, but I still don't think he's operating at full pelt. But what we've seen so far is a really exciting winger who can drive the game forward. He can cut inside, he can shoot, he can cross. And... We were well. No one was more lucky than him to be uh, to be robbed of that ball against East Thurrock, uh, which was clearly over the line. But uh, when Cookie gets his first goal, it's going to be a lot of fun because um, yeah, he just seems like a great character and a great player. And you need people like that if you're going to stay up. You need people like that if you're going to drive to the playoffs. Which you know, as you've heard, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, he's. Um... Uh, yeah, I won't repeat what you just said. Just to say that he's a he's a he's a totally class act, isn't he? Uh, he's just his um his balance, uh, his quickness of thought, his pace, his touch, his crossing. Um, he it, he's a joy to watch, uh, and he's a player um, that you that you watch in a game and you think, yeah, we've we've really stepped it up here. This is. You know, th- th- this is a player who would be comfortable in the conference, at least. Um, and it's so great to see him playing for Dulwich. Um, I think he's going to be a hugely important player this season. Um, and, you know, as um, as we mentioned from the Forward the Hamlet Twitter account the other day, he's done more in four, five, six weeks, however long he's been with the club. He's done more to build a kind of relationship with the fans than some players have done in four years. Um and it, and it's not even that difficult, you know. It's it's just a few tweets or like an Instagram post or just filming us and doing like a nice little caption or something or just just making us feel like, you know, we're appreciated for the effort that we put in just as much as they put in the effort on the pitch. It doesn't take much, and yet you know he's he's thought to do that, and that has made a huge difference as well. And that will stand him in good stead. Um, so I think we can both agree on Cookie. Um, you said there yeah. you, you said there was another one who stands out for you. He didn't start in the Welling game. He came on us uh, in the second half. I, I 
slightly queried who he actually was because uh, I didn't recognise him. But um, a bit of googling when I when I got home, and a bit of a, a WhatsApp exchange with uh, with Jack Pitbrook yielded the fact that this was actually a, a pretty talented player, um, one who Wrexham purports to have scored their best goal in 151 years. Not quite sure I agree. The video is on YouTube. Um, do recommend you watch it. It's uh, to quickly take a free kick that he picks up, dribbles through an opposition midfield to tap in. Um, you know, I'm sure I'd enjoy that if I was a Wrexham fan, but I think I've seen better. Um, yeah, he's um, he's a skillful midfielder, isn't he? He's very, very good on the ball. Good passer. He he picks it up and he drives forward. I feel like the, he he he's looking for the runs. He wants to he wants to bring more people into the game. He just they, I really noticed it when we were looking for that winner against East Thurrock that he was just driving it forward. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. He reminds me of um. He's almost like a hybrid of Ash Carew and Nathan Ferguson. He's like he's he's comfortable playing the ball around like left to right in centre midfield and, and picking passes between the lines but he can also beat his man um, and and to have that kind of that kind of player and that quality of player in the squad is going to be hugely valuable to us whether he signs or not is another matter obviously we all hope he does he might well sign for a, a, a club in the league above um, I wouldn't be surprised because I think that's probably his level but you know while we've got him let's let's enjoy him he's a cracking player to watch um, and he really brings something extra to the Dulwich midfield that we need this season. Um, Hugo, I'm I'm very aware that, as is our want, uh, as our long-term listeners will know, we have rambled on for an awful long time, and we've actually just hit the 40-minute mark already, somehow. Um, we still have a few agenda items, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to rattle through them, and uh, let's try and keep our comments concise, shall we? Um, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So, where do you think we can improve the squad? Where can we improve? Um, I thought one of the best things about us last season was our fullbacks, and I want to see a little bit more from them, particularly Nathan Green. Um, I think he's a brilliant, brilliant player. Um, how did he do against Chelmsford? Didn't play, mate. He's still injured. Didn't play. Okay. He's we, injured. Yeah, um, we miss him massively. Who, who uh, last night uh, it was Quaid Taylor right back and then Sanchez Ming switched over to the left ok I think Key is going to be finding some stability across that back line because unfortunately we've had a number of injuries playing Quaid at fullback doesn't sound ideal to me and I feel like Sanchez should be playing on the other side so I'm going to say an improvement might be to bring in another centre back if we've got a lot of injuries. What do you? What, how how can we improve then? And do you agree? Yeah, I, I I totally agree. We lost our basically our entire defence from the promotion team last season. Um, defence is definitely an area for improvement. I think. Um, for me, uh, just to give a, a slightly different view, um, I think I worry that we've only got one defensive midfielder uh, in Ibrahim Kargbo, who is thirty-seven. <laughs> Um, so, so against Chelmsford last night, we had Cargro screening the back four, and then we had Ash Carew and, and Dominic Vos uh, slightly advanced. Um, 
I want to know what Cargo's taking, man. Like, he's snapping into tackles and winning second and third balls uh, more than I've ever seen. Um, if he can keep it up for the whole season, I will be flabbergasted. Like, but I, I seriously doubt he can. So I think I think he needs some help. I think we need another um, we need another tackler in centre mid. Byron Lawrence isn't that player. Ash Carew isn't that player. And um, despite him playing that role at various points over the last couple of seasons, um, so a, a, a kind of tough tackling all action centre midfielder who's got some legs. So not Danny Aldred again. That'd be great. <laughs> um, um, Right, where we can improve, covered, done, nice, concise. Next game, uh, this Saturday, Bath City away, um, big game. They started the season similar to us, uh, they're on three points. So they've won, I think they've won one and lost two. They've played a game less uh, as we speak right now, um, in different starts of the season. They finished ninth last season, so solidly mid-table, pushing for the playoffs, I suppose you could say. Um, they get good crowds. They get between, I think, eight and 800 and 1,100 a week. Uh, am I right in saying they're the old university team, which is now not affiliated with the university? I think that might be right, although I'm not 100% sure. Um, yeah, that definitely rings a bell, and we're probably going to be corrected on this in the comments. But, yeah, I, that, that sounds right to me. It does ring a bell. Yeah. Um, but uh, we've had our train travel booked for some weeks, Um and we've actually taken advantage. Listeners, if you are planning on travelling to Dulwich Away Games this season on Britain's crumbling rail network, um, you can make it that slightly more bit bearable by investing in a is it a two-travel-together rail card. So you and a pal or you and a partner or whoever, a random Dulwich fan, can pair up, um, stick both of your faces in photo form on this card or you can have a paper card or you can have it electronic and save the planet and if you travel together you can select that rail card when you buy your tickets and you can save 33% so Hugo and I did this we've got our faces on our I think it's our like rail card app or something we booked our tickets it was going to be 40 pounds return and it was 25 pounds so it's a no-brainer in the downstairs bathroom of a kebab shop in Athens over the summer when Ben suggested that this would be a brilliant idea. Um, and we should add that this was inspired by, um, by Macca and Michael's beautiful uh, mug shots that they've used on their two together, train together card. So yeah, very excited to use that for the first time. Very excited to go to Bath. Um, beautiful city. Um, of course, one of a one of England's spa towns. Um, and, yeah, just looking forward to a fun day out. I think the, this was one of these games that when we got promoted, Dulwich fans were thinking, we've got Bath. That is a big away day, and we're going to enjoy it. It's great that we've got it in the summer. Um, and, yeah, I think, uh, it, again, one of, one of these games where we will be... In enjoying ourselves but also looking to bring back a point perhaps at the very least yeah I, mate, I'll be totally happy with a point um, away at a team who finished ninth last season 100% happy with a point um, so yeah let, let's see how it goes we're getting down early we'll find a nice little watering hole enjoy the game head back job done first 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 good away day I suppose good good is maybe not the wrong word I suppose like you say Bino one that we looked out for. Um, exactly. 
So that pretty much covers it, Hugo. So we rifled through those final few points, which I think was needed. Um, we've, we've got a little bit now. Let, let's give ourselves... Hang on. Let, let me even just set a timer, shall we? We've got two minutes. Any other business? Any other business? Um, one thing we should mention is that um, our good friend, Dunk Palmer, Dulles uh, Young official photographer, and another cracking photographer, Sam Mellish, have a joint exhibition on of their work. Um, from the club. Uh, it's on at Brick Brewery in Peckham. We went to the launch uh, a couple of weeks ago, which was great. Great turnout. Uh, Tanisha Abrams made an appearance, um, both on the wall and physically in the flesh. Um, and yeah, it's just, I think it's a great exhibition. Uh, and I think it's, it's really nice to see that the two photographers work side by side because you've got the sort of slightly more social realism element that Sam brings and then you've got the action shots, the fan shots, the, the very atmospheric quality that, that, uh, that Dunk has on, on the other side. Um, what did you make of it? Yeah, I loved it. Um, it. It was really great just to relive last season through two, as you say, quite contrasting lenses. Um, some of Duncan's shots um, are still burnt as images into my mind I will never forget them particularly obviously from the playoff final day but also throughout the season he he managed to capture these atmospheric shots you know like over the past couple of years there's been so many which I've I've remembered or I've seen and and you know I've appreciated just the, the skill that Dunk has in the eye for an atmospheric shot that he has and Sam Mellish it was great to see his work as well as a as a, as a newer photographer coming down and documenting and and, and having a different viewpoint and giving a different perspective on, on the club. So it was a great evening. And as you say, Tanache turned up, um, loads of fans turned up. And the exhibition is open, I think, for the rest of August at Brick Brewery. Um, it's just inside the, the main, I suppose, bar area in there on the left-hand side before you go out to the back um, courtyard area. So go down and check it out. Um, it's, it's a really good, really good viewing. Um, I think that's about it, Hugo. That was, that was wrapped up very nicely. Um, I can't think of anything else we need to cover. We've rambled on for forever, as always, but it's been an absolute pleasure to do this again, I must admit. Yeah, likewise. It's, uh, it's great to be back chewing the fat about uh, nothing I love more than Dollar Shamrock. <laughs> and uh, listeners, this um, we are going to do our very best to make this a regular thing. We're not going to commit, I don't think, to weekly. Perhaps fortnightly, I think, is more more doable uh hugo and i both very busy bears uh these days however we will do our best to uh to put our put our thoughts down in in audio form as often as we can um so here's to a really really enjoyable season in a new league watching an exciting team um yeah let's let's enjoy it and uh we will be back very soon uh we might see you at bath we hope to see you at bath um, but for me, listeners, that is all. And from Hugo? Yeah, nothing more sad, really. Uh, it's good to be back, and yeah, let's make a, a season to remember. Um, cheers, then. Good to catch up, mate. Cheers, mate. Speak to you soon. Bye, listeners. Played like swaggering dandies, it's the Hamlet, do. An absolute humdinger.